Good morning. How's everyone here today? Awesome. Well, my name is Pastor Jeff Dean, and I have the privilege to be uh, the Family Life Pastor at Bridge, and I'm so excited to bring the word for you today. I just want to say happy Father's Day to all you fathers in the house. And so uh, if my dad is watching online, uh, happy Father's Day to you, Dad. And uh, we celebrate you guys today. Amen? Amen. Amen. So make sure that you, you, if, you, if your dad's not here, that you give your dad a call, all right? And you say happy Father's Day. It's very important that you honor your dad today. And we're going to continue in our Bible engagement project with Volume 10, Session 2. Uh, we just have a few weeks left of that, and uh, we are, uh, we're going we're to finish strong, and uh, we're going to talk about faith and works, and the title of my message this morning is Next Level Faith. But before I get into it, I want to go over this volume scripture verse. I know we have, actually have it in the back wall on our Etch-A-Sketch, it's so really cool, but it's found in Philippians chapter 3, verses 14, it says, I press on to reach the end of the race. And receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. There is a prize, right? Heaven is our prize. To those who believe, heaven is our home. But as you can see, we are not home yet, are we? Not home yet, right? And God's not done with you here on this earth, all right? That is why you are still here. He has something for you to do. You have a purpose. I like Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have you to declare the Lord. And Lisa said that. He does. He, ha- he knows the plans he has for each one of us. It says in a few chapters earlier in Philippians 1, 6, it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Man, that gets me excited. That God is what? He's still working on me. He's still working on you, that he's, he, he, he hasn't forgotten about any of us. His promise is true. His word is true. He's working. Even though we can't see it, he's working. So you could take that to the bank. Are you thankful that he does not give up on us? He, doesn't, he never gives up on us. He's working on you. But there are some in this room that you may say might not believe that. You're like, yeah, right, Pastor Jeff, I don't believe that. Just look at my life, you know, maybe you woke up this morning and say, you know, where is God in all of this? And I've been there before. I don't know about you, but I was like, craziness and chaos can happen. And you're like, what is going on? And uh, I'm going to encourage you this morning. You see, the great thing about having faith, but you having faith, it doesn't require your sight to believe. Listen, eyeballs not necessary. Isn't that crazy? Our eyeballs are not necessary to believe. The Bible makes it very clear in Hebrews 11, 1, says faith means being sure, sure of what, well, excuse me, a, a verse. Faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real, even if we do not see it. That's the power of faith. We don't have to see it, right? We can believe and have faith in that God is working and he's moving in our lives. You know, last week, uh, Al and I went to get uh, to the eye doctor, all right? And we got, uh, we had to go to the eye doctor. We haven't been there for a, at least a couple of years, and we need new glasses. And I don't know about you, but we've been married for over 22 years, and we kind of pick on one another like husbands and wife do. And, and she got, a couple of years ago, she got her eye exam. She's a little bit older than me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's older than me, but she got she had she got her exam and she was like, 
She came back and says, I, I need trifocals. I'm like, what? You need trifocals? I was like, okay, we'll get your trifocals. And so, um, so she's had sort of trifocals. I've had my single vision. And just a couple months ago, I've realized when I was uh, reading something close, it was a little bit off. And I was getting worried. I was like, do I, will I need a bifocal or a trifocal? So, you know, it was just a little bit. So we, we went to the eye doctor. She got, she got done, and she has the same prescription. And I got in there, and I, I told the eye doctor, and it was all, she, she says, like, just a little, she says, is it clear here? You know, they do one or two, one or two. I don't know if you've ever had an eye exam. And I was like, yes, I can, she, can you read that? I was like, yes, I can read it. What about this? It's much clearer. I can read it more. She's like, you're just starting to need a bifocal, but not yet. I was like, yes, yes. So she goes later down the road. So I came out of there, and I was like, no bifocal yet. She's just started. So, so I only have single vision for right now. I'm still good. So it was, but our wife and I, we, we, we pick on one another, right? And that's, that's great about a good marriage. You know, I don't need bifocals yet, yet. But my vision started to change, and I will eventually need them. But I didn't need them. We don't need them quite yet. But just like our vision can change, you know, our faith can change as well. It really can. You may be here and once had faith to move mountains, and now you just have faith that your car is going to start in the morning. You've been there, right? Um, But as believers in Jesus, God God calls us to be people of faith and to walk in faith. He does. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we live by faith and not by sight. We live by faith. It doesn't, it doesn't, we don't have to see it, right? We live by faith. Before we answer that question, maybe you, to your own, hold on, back it up real quick. Our question is, I would say, is are you living by faith? Are you living by faith? And before we answer that question, do you know that someone can tell if you're living by faith or not? You can actually tell. And we're going to dive into James chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. So I'll begin with verse 14. He said, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. See, James, he makes it clear that we need to back up our faith with what? With action. Or it's dead or useless. Now, that's pretty harsh. But Jesus hasn't called you to be faithless. He's called you to be faith-filled. Or to be faith-filled. His people need to be faith-filled. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's how important it is to God. God loves you and the people in this world has called us to live a faith-filled life. And we're, we're called to make a difference. We're called to make a difference in our homes, in our families, in the church, and in this community. We're called not to have a lack of faith, but a faith that is moving, 
a faith that is growing, and a faith that is overcoming. And we're going to dive into those three things here this morning. Let's start with my first point. God wants you to have a moving faith. See, our actions reveal what we really believe. Faith must be backed up by actions. It must move. James uses an example of not giving someone the food or clothing they need in the church. If we can't be moved to help a brother or sister in the faith out, it doesn't do any good. It's not good enough to just believe. If your faith stays there, you have equivalent faith, the Bible says, of a demon. Ouch! James isn't messing around. Remember, he's talking to, to people in the church. James 2, 19, 20. He says, you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. So how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? But I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to have more faith than a demon. Amen? All right? But as you can see, James, is, he's fired up. He's, he's fired up about faith and, try to, and teaches the church that our faith compels us to action. And if not, it is useless. Well, I don't know about you, but God wants to give us more faith. Amen? Gives us two examples in Abraham and Rahab that show us that moving faith is possible and it even completes our faith. James chapter 2, verses 21 to 26, we're continue to read this uh, p- passage. It says, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions? Everyone say actions. Oh, I love that. When he offered his son Isaac on the altar, you see his faith and his actions, there it is again, worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Everyone say complete. It's a good word there. And so, and so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different route, road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Don't you love the word of God this morning? Oh, you got to love it. Because God God loves you and he wants to empower us. It gives us examples and and shows us how to live for Christ. That's the word of God. I love how it says Abraham's actions made his faith complete. Who here wants to have complete faith? I do. I don't want to be lacking in faith. I want to grow. See, God not only, should, God not only wants your faith to move and, to, and, and be action-oriented, but he wants your faith to grow as well, which brings me to my second point, which is this. God wants you to have a, a growing faith. A lack of faith reveals the condition of our faith. The Apostle Paul rejoiced that the Christians in Thessalonica were growing in faith. In fact, 2 Thessalonians 1, uh, verse 3 says, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So what does it mean 
to grow in faith. uh, My key thought for here today is this. Simply put, to grow in faith means to grow spiritually. It is to mature in both knowledge of God and in godly living. Ultimately, it's to become more like Jesus. So more, more like Christ. Jesus, throughout his time on earth, throughout the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus was looking for faith. You might think that the disciples, man, they had it all together. They were with Jesus, what, all the time, and you thought they had it all together, but, um, and you thought that maybe they even had the strongest faith, but their faith was tested in the storm at one point, and they really blew it, and we're going to look at that passage in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 26. So this is that Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus, he was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. What's ironic is in that, that, that the greatest of faith was not found in one of his disciples. But I want to read earlier, but it was found early in that chapter with a Roman officer. In Matthew 8, chapter 5, verse 10, just a few verses before that, it says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, and they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who are following him, He said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. So it wasn't found in his disciples, but was found in a Roman officer. See, how do we increase our faith? Well, we need to get into the word. We need to get into the word of God because Jesus is, he's looking for faith and he wants your faith to grow. But we've got to make those action steps. We've got to keep it moving and we've got to make it grow. And we do that by getting to the word. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Spending time with God, having a daily devotion is so important to our Christian walk. Maybe you've, you've grown a little stagnant and a little stale. It's not, it's not too late to start that up. It's not too late to start putting that into your routine because we need the Word of God to build our faith. You know, you can get your Bible out and start reading it. Maybe you haven't read it for a while. I encourage you to start reading it. God has a Word for you that will change your life. Maybe He has a Word for you to change someone else's life. You know, when you have a verse, God puts you on a mission for that day. That the word that you get this morning may not be just for you, but maybe for someone around you to change them. Sometimes it happens in my life, I'll be carrying a verse all day long and I meet someone and they're going through something. And I said, I have a word for you because God gave me that word this morning. It's not always about us, it's about God using us, about flowing through us to accomplish his purpose and his will. It's exciting when God uses us, but there's many ways 
to get into the Word. You can, if you don't have a, a, a Bible, you can, we, we have one, we can get one for you. But also on your phone, there's a Bible app called the YouVersion. And there's many plans and many things that you could do that move it. Anyone know about YouVersion? You can raise your hand with me. If you don't, I would love to share it with you. It's called the Bible app. And basically, you could start a plan. You, you read Bible at a year. But also, you're saying, well, I'm not a good reader. That's okay. It will read it for you. Actually, there's an audible version. You just hit the play button, and it'll just play. So you can get in your car. You can drive down your road to work. And you just let the word of God just, just come in and out of your ear. Get it into your heart. Meditate on it. Just let it speak to you. So sometimes we don't have time. But, but listen, there are times that we can really uh, make the time to put uh, into God's word. You know, what, we also have our YouTube channel, which if you can subscribe to, you can listen to our messages on Sunday morning, Pastor Paul's and our mind today. You can carry it with you throughout the day. There's also podcasts from other preachers and teachers that you can get. There's ways to get the word on the inside of you. We just need to make the effort and the time to do that. Some of us need to get our, you know, we, we love Facebook. We, get, we all get our face out of the Facebook and into this book, right? Get our face into this book. Because this is what's going to make a change in your life. This is, this, this is what's going to change it, the, uh, entering the presence of God throughout the day, right? We worship, we praise, and we carry the word of God with us. It's alive and it's active. You know, get your physical Bible out and carry it. It's really important. We, sometimes we're like, you know, we, we, we leave the house without our phone. We're like, man, it's like the most important thing. I can't live without my phone, you know? Well, how about we have the attitude that we can't live without God's word today? We can't live on getting something in us today, right? For a man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out from the mouth of God. God wants you to have it in you. So it builds your faith. You know, if you only hear God's word once a week, don't expect your faith to grow much. If your faith isn't growing, then you are stagnant and not producing the spiritual fruit you were intended to produce. God wants to produce fruit in your lives. God wants you to make a difference. Who here has ever planted tomatoes? Who's a gardener? I am not. Okay, I love tomatoes. I could have been a truth or a lie thing. I, I really love tomatoes growing up. I like them. I really, never really planted them, though. But I was given last year, uh, we planted tomatoes in a little, little cup. And they were like little seedlings that come out. You know, they just pop up. And I'm like, I'll take those home. So I took those home. And I was like, I'm going to plant them. In my backyard, I'm gonna plant them. So we planted both. I planted both of them, and they they weren't growing at first. Okay, I was like, okay, they're not growing. I didn't use one of those fancy things too that people have. So it was when it did grow, it started to grow out like a big bush. It wasn't really good. I needed I need gardener advice. <laughs> it would grow out like this. It should have grown up. But uh, soon though, we got the right things it needed. Right, the water, the sun. It started to grow. And I was like getting so excited. It's like, I got tomatoes coming. This is my first time. And uh, so they started growing and they got bigger and bigger. And I was like, where are the tomatoes? Okay. <laughs> and so they get these little yellow flowers on them. I was like, I think that's, that's the fruit. That's a little flower that has to. So I was counting all the flowers there. And, they were, and then soon you'll see a little tomato coming out. It's a little green ball that comes out and it starts to grow and grow. And you're like, man, I got tomatoes. So I was so excited that I planted tomatoes last year. I didn't get a ton of them, and they were kind of being really small. I don't know what I really did wrong, but, but we had a few tomatoes. 
And I was proud of myself that, that they budded and the tomatoes were there. But listen, if that to- tomato plant never grew, then what good was it to me? It would just be like a weed, right? If it just stayed where it was at, and I was like, man, it was intended to bruise tomatoes, and it didn't get any bigger. It, well, it's basically just a weed, and it's useless. You know, if faith doesn't grow, then what good is it? I think that's the point Jesus was trying to make with the disciples on the boat during the storm. And they said they were full of unbelief and let fear paralyze them. In contrast, the Roman officer only hear, needed to hear the word. He didn't even, he even need Jesus to come with him, right? He had full faith that Jesus would heal his servant just by speaking the word from a distance. Disciples had Jesus with them, and they still feared for their lives after seeing and hearing everything that Jesus taught them. But that brings me to my last point. They not only need to have a moving and a growing faith, but an overcoming faith. See, God wants us to achieve, when we achieve victory through our faith. 1 John 5, 4 says this. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Life presents us with what? Obstacles. It presents us with trials, sickness, trouble financially. There's many things that we go through. No doubt we face tests daily that require faith. But some mountains are higher than others. The Bible speaks to us about faith that even moves mountains. Jesus says in Matthew 17, 20, 21, says this, For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. That's pretty incredible. Think about it. This little tiny seed, you have faith like that, it can move a mountain. There's one story from the Bible that actually blows me away by their faith. It is a story of a woman with the issue of blood. She was suffering. I'll give you a little background. She was suffering for over 12 years. This woman did not ask for her pain. She didn't ask for the suffering. See, we live in a fallen world, and the devil, he brings sickness, and he brings disease. And he wanted to destroy this woman. But this woman was not going to let this ha- that happen. She did not crawl into a hole and wait to die. She didn't give up, but held out hope. Hope that something would change. Hope that would activate her faith. Her faith that w- would not only get her moving, right, but it grew as she heard Jesus and what he had done. And it produced an overcoming faith, as you will see in just a moment. Let's go to that story found in Mark chapter 5, verse 24. Beginning with verse 25, it says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay for them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up from behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, 
and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that that healing power had gone out for him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see if I'd done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. You see, her journey of healing took her to every doctor she knew and every cure, whether legitimate or not. Scripture says she was now broke because she had spent all of her money. Jesus was her last hope. And so she crept behind Jesus in the crowd, believing that if she touched his clothes, she would receive healing. As she did, as she did, and Jesus said that her faith, everyone say faith. I got her faith healed her. The woman with the issue of blood took this huge risk. In Jewish culture, just to share a little background, her bleeding disorder rendered her unclean. Everything anyone she touched was unclean. According to Levitical law, she was not permitted to handle money or food or attend the services of the synagogue. She really should not be physically close to anyone and certainly not in a crowd of people. What she did, though, what she did exposing others to her uncleanliness was actually a crime, punishable by law. And this is why she could not ask Jesus uh, for healing openly. Instead, she risked her life and life to access her healing secretly. She also could have been crushed to death by the crowd. Scripture says she came trembling, but her courage and her faith was not going to stop her. This was her one shot, right? She was going to get to Jesus. You see, this woman was in a desperate situation, and this was her absolute last option and opportunity to escape her situation. So, of course, she clung to God in faith. Many people in the crowd put their hands on Jesus, but this bleeding woman was the only one who truly touched Jesus. Her faith was so strong that it reached God more deeply than anyone else in that crowd. Listen, she had next-level faith. As I close this morning, I want to encourage you. To, I'm, going to have, I'm going to give you some good news, news this morning. No matter where your faith is this morning, God wants to take your faith to a whole nother level. He really does. It doesn't matter. God wants to stir. I was praying this morning, and God gave me a word. He says, I want to stir. Holy Spirit wants to stir your faith up this morning. He wants to start up wherever it's at. Maybe you're in a situation where you feel, man, it's, it's always going to be. You know, you have faith. You have faith. God wants you to believe. God also gave me this morning a, a prayer that you can use this morning. Man, like, like a five-finger prayer. Maybe you're believing for something. You haven't seen it happen yet, right? God, I can believe for, and you name it. God, I can believe for. Like, what are you believing for in faith? Stir that faith up with you this morning. Move it around. Maybe God wants to get you to use it in, in your job or in your workplace or use it in your home. Maybe it's been stagnant or stale a little bit, but God says, you know what? I'm going to get it growing, all right? Just 
get into my word. Hear my word. I'll, I'll grow your faith. Or maybe here, hearing me like, man, I'm facing an awful situation. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you need a healing in your body. Well, God wants to have your faith like that woman, right? She went to Jesus. And maybe God is calling you to take a step of faith to Jesus and receive your healing. What's great about this woman, you know, if she didn't go to Jesus, do you think she would have been healed? I'm not sure. But she put her faith into action, right? She went after her own healing. She said, there's Jesus, and I don't care what's going on. I'm going to go grab the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, what? Her faith healed her. There's so much power in faith, church. There's so much power in faith. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Believe that God can get you through anything, right? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. We've got to activate our faith. I do want, this morning, since it's Father's Day, I do want to, I want to address the men in this church. Listen, we need you. We need your faith. We need your faith to be men of faith. We need you to put Jesus first. We need you to be faith-filled and speak faith-filled words. People need to look at you and say, man, that's a, that's a man of faith right there, Right? Because people are watching. This world is watching. Your family is watching. Are you a man of faith? I'm going to encourage you to rise up. Maybe God wants to stir you up a little bit this morning. Maybe you once were a man, and you're like, I don't know anymore. It just, it's been so tough. God's got better things for you. The best is yet to come. We've got to have faith. You know, God wants you to lead your families. God's called you to be the spiritual leaders in your homes. As you look around you, the, this world, it, it's, it's, it's getting pretty crazy out there. There's a lot of evil. You know, the world is removing masculinity, and we, mean, we need real men to step up and stand up for truth. Evil is increasing, and we need men to, to, to just realize where God's placed them for such a time as this. God wants to use you to make a difference. Romans 12, 21 says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If we as men do not model to our children a life of faith and a commitment to Christ, if we don't overcome evil with good, then we may lose this next generation. We need to pass on the truth to this next generation. We need to stand Listen, God, in the name of Jesus, is being removed all over the place. This world doesn't want God anymore. But don't you, I want him. I want to stand for truth. It's been, you know, it's being removed in our media, our schools, our government, wherever it is. They don't want Jesus. But he is coming, and he is king. And we're going to be ready. So, Amen. He's coming, but he's coming for a church without what, spot or wrinkle. And you do have purpose. Every man in here, you do have a purpose. That was, that was a word, Lisa, this morning. For I knew the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to give you hope and a future. And if you're running around purposely, God's going to give you a purpose, and that's the stand for him. To overcome evil with good. We're, 
Where will this next generation see Jesus? They'll see it in me and you. They'll see it. Because they won't really see it in the world. But they'll see it in me, you and I. You may feel like you're inadequate, disqualified. You may feel like, you know what, I just can't do it. Stir that faith up this morning. Take a page out of this woman's playbook. It's not over till it's over. Jesus is here and he's waiting for you to come to him. I don't, it doesn't matter if, if the worship team can come up. It doesn't matter where you're at. Listen, all things are possible for those who what? Do you know the scripture? To those who believe. Nothing is impossible with God. We need to declare faith that God is able. That God is able. I believe, no matter what, that God can do it. That I believe that God says who he is. And he's going to do what he says he's going to do. That's faith. We need to stand for that. And as they play this morning, I'm going to encourage you this morning. All things are possible for those who believe. So get your faith moving. Get your faith growing. God wants you to take action. He says, Jeff, I don't know where, where to start. I don't know where to start. Well, you know what? Start just spending time with him. Start by getting into his word. He wants to speak to you. Well, I don't know how to hear God's voice. You know, we have all been there. That's why we need to grow. Say, and then you can pray, God, help me to know your voice. Help me to know what you want me to do. In this church, in my family, at my workplace. God wants to do amazing things in Lansdale and beyond. I believe he wants to stir the faith up in this church this morning. So you know what, I'm I'm here in my faith, but God wants to take you here. He wants to take you more. We're going to grow. And God's going to do amazing things. We're going to hear the testimonies of what God can do. I will ask you this morning the question I did at the start of my message. Are you living by faith? Are you living by faith? If not, today's a great day to start. I encourage you, today is a great day to start. First, you may be here, and maybe you said, I've never taken a step of faith and made Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In just a moment, I'm going to give you that opportunity to do that. But secondly, You'd be here and God is calling you to either start moving, growing, or overcoming in your faith. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make that decision. But first, you may say, Pastor Jeff, I want to give my life to Christ this morning. I want to take that step of faith. I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to receive the eternal life, the gift of salvation. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. We're just going to go before the Lord. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith this morning. If that's you and you're saying, you know what, I need Jesus today. Maybe you're here and you've given your life to Christ before and you want to make that recommitment or this may be your first time. I just want you to raise your hand quickly and put it down. See, Jeff, that's me. I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm taking this up. God, as an act of faith, I'm just going to say, Jesus, that's me. You can put your hand. I just see it real quick. Put it down. That's you. Anyone here that say, Jesus, that's me. I need to give my life to you for the first time, or I need to rededicate my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to say a prayer, and if you 
If you haven't raised your hand, but you still like to say that prayer, we're all going to join together and we're going to pray this first prayer. So God sees your heart this morning. He sees where you're at. Let's pray. And that's you. And if you want to say, Jesus, I'm going to give my life to you. Say, Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my sin and my past. Wash me and make me new. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you rose again for me. And until that day, I will live for you, forgiven and free. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, just want to say thank you. You're a child of God. And we want to show you how the next steps would be. Come talk to one of us. Come share it with a pastor. What God did in your life this morning. It's a new journey that you have. The Bible says, uh, if anyone was in Christ, it's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. But my second call this morning is this. I'll invite the prayer team up at this time. I want to say this. If you're saying, Jeff, I need more faith this morning. I need to get my faith and emotion. I need to do something. Later in that book, James says this. Chapter 5, verse 14 and 16 says, Anyone you sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Jesus, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that you've given us the gift of faith. God, that we can put our faith in action. God, that we can trust in you, knowing, God, that you can do all things. God, there's healing in your name. There's provision. God, you own our cattle, the thousand hills. You said that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God, you have so much for us. God, you're just waiting for us to take a step of faith to believe. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I pray faith would stir in your people today. Knowing, God, faith can move mountains. God, they just need a little bit to believe that you are God, that, that you can do anything. God, it doesn't matter, God, what's going on in their lives, how desperate the situation may be. God, you're still the healer. God, you're still awesome. You're all-knowing. You're omniscient. You're all-powerful. God, you're still good. God, you're good. And you're great. These is, this is your nature. This is your char- the characters of who you are. God, let's believe today, this morning, that you have good things for us. God, stir our faith to believe. you can move 
in our lives. In Jesus' name. If that's you, the ushers, I mean, the, I'm sorry, the prayer team is here this morning. Come, bring your request to the Lord. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. These are people of faith. So if you're here, you have a need. You say, you know, I want prayer for this. Come forward. I want to invite you to come forward as we sing this song. Give us faith.